Hello, it's Evie here. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast. This is just a quick message to say that this episode was recorded in September before further COVID restrictions were announced. So some of what we say will be outdated. We hope you enjoy. Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie. And we are the hosts of The Poodcast, a podcast where we basically tell stories about people pooing themselves. The Poodcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence and plenty more. We want to break the stigma surrounding these conditions and get people talking about toilets. We have historically found that these topics are especially difficult to talk about, whether it be an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every damn day. So we think it's time to change that. And this week, our focus will be on male body image and mental health. Evie's here. That was very professionally Did done. you like that? Yeah. I was kind of like mouthing the words along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I was your understudy or Are you something. proud of me? Yeah, it's a bit of a role reversal because I feel like I'm naturally doing more of the introductions. I'll get over it. I'm sorry. It's fine. I can, I can, I can continue. Evie, how yeah. is your bum and how is your tum? Um, I'm afraid it's bad news for everyone involved. No. I know. It's been really bad this week and I'm getting a bit anxious because if I'm not eating gluten and chickpeas and fennels and you know my other weird intolerances but if I'm not eating gluten I should be fine yeah that's the bottom line like if it is a gluten intolerance then that's it but it's just not right it's not right um and we were at a friend's house last night and her her boyfriend has the same thing and he's struggling a bit at the moment he's like oh I think there's something else going on with me as well and See, this is why people shouldn't go to the gym. I was in the gym and I, I think it got things moving a bit. Yes. And I was on the t- gym toilet for a long time. I was texting my boyfriend and um, and and I was like, what am I going to do? I, I, and they're not allowing bags at the moment because the lockers aren't open in the gym. So I didn't have any of my so medication. You can't take anything in with you. Or you can take a, like your phone and water bottle. You can't, or, or you can take as much stuff as you want, but you can't leave your bags anywhere. So it's got to fit in pockets. So I just had keys and a water bottle on my phone and and normally in my backpack, thanks to Margie Pants, we've yeah. got a little um little packet of peppermint tea and I've also stuffed my busker pan in there. Oh, so normally good. I'm all like ready to go. And I got there and I was like maybe ten minutes on the cross trainer. I mean I was like, this is why people don't fucking exercise. Yeah, I should th- this, learn this my lesson why. and not exercise. Yeah. But I was like, I'm just gonna have to go to the toilet. And I was and, and I was waiting there and I could hear the swinging of the door. So every five minutes I'd be like, oh my God, someone's coming in and kind of like just freeze where I was, <laughs> like hoping no one would come in. And it was oh it was awful and it was that that terrible thing where you're not getting the relief. So you have like diarrhea and you think, okay, at least it's out. But it, you, I just couldn't go anywhere. And gym toilet I was strapped to the beast. Nice. I was just <laughs> on the toilet, not able to go anywhere. And eventually it kind of, it didn't really subside. But I just thought, oh, I've got to get home now. So I just sort of went out and fucking classic, looked at City Map and it was like, next bus to Chris Palace is in 15 minutes. And I was like, perfect. That will be a mess if I you know. have to wait 15 minutes. And, and buses are full at the moment on that route. So like two buses went past and they were pointing at the sign saying bus full, so I couldn't even get on. But then fortunately got home and took some bus capan, had peppermint tea and it all calmed down. But I just, I feel like I want to get to the to the root of this. Yeah. I don't know 
what's going on it shouldn't be happening especially if you always you can kind of settle back in the fact that if you know that gluten is not your friend and you're like i'm controlling this i can do yeah, this exactly and then when other external factors start popping in that's just rude yeah i'm really sorry that you had to do that that's okay but i think my what i've taken away from it is is that i'm not going to go to the gym because I think that's the natural conclusion. And we should let other people know about but, this because this could cause problems for it. Nobody should go I to I should the gym. be telling people that. Yeah. But actually, it was of all the days for that to have happened, it was fine that the toilets were open because the past five days, the toilets had flooded the gym. So there were no toilets in the gym. You could not use the... Is that mad? Imagine going to the gym and be like, no, we've got no toilets. And I was like begging this woman. I was like, well, I need to use your staff toilets then. And she was like... <sighs> gave me like the disabled toilet key and was like well you'll have to go but i think there might be someone in there i was like i'm sorry you give me attitude for asking to use the, the toilet, toilet. Are, you, are you mad that's just reminded me that so, i flooded a toilet once why did you and do i that? feel like i've just actually just pushed that memory deep down inside me but as soon as you said the toilets were flooded i thought oh my god it was me little moaning like, myrtle of the toilets no so when we were at university we used mm. to go to this club didn't we called arena of course, of course. i flooded the arena toilet. How did you manage that? I completely forgot about this. We were on a night out, and I was wearing a little, um, little, little play suit. Oh, of course, feeling you were feeling fine, suit. and it had um, a belt on it as well. And I remember being having had a lot of alcohol, kind of going to the toilet. I used to nap in the toilets a lot at university. I would take oh, myself up for a good solid twenty five minutes and have a nap. I used to do that a lot, actually. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with everybody. And I'd gone... Still I still can't. And I'd gone to the toilet and my belt had fallen... When I'd taken down the playsuit, my belt had fallen in the toilet. Oh, fuck. And I'd gone to flush it and it had started flooding. Oh, my God. And being the little moron that I was, I kept flushing and kept putting toilet paper on top of it. Oh, God, And man. they had to close the entire... entire- toilet because it had flooded so much and when i went back in to check you could still see the tiny little gold buckle <laughs> and i knew i knew i knew that was me who'd done that so sorry about that it wasn't me at your gym though i don't think i, do think I wasn't wearing a play suit that day <laughs> that's all in the past for me i can't wear play suits anymore well then how are your bum in turn yeah, it's been... Not been wearing any play suits? No, I You're haven't. wearing a very nice jumpsuit. I am wearing a jumpsuit. See, this is because I've evolved. Now I'm, now I'm now older, it's got legs. I wear jumpsuits. Very nice. Yeah, um, yeah no, my bum and tum, my tum has been a bit funny this week because I've been feeling very anxious, like being mm. back at work and like just feeling like things were getting a little bit too much and that always kind of then sits in in my stomach but we've got a new head of department at work at the school I work in who I'm in love with and she's also a mindfulness coach and I I'm usually one of those people that I'm like I can't meditate like what the hell is mindfulness I don't it doesn't always sit well with me but every day at the end of the day she we have to sit for five minutes all as a group and she puts she sprays this lavender spray and then she puts on this beautiful music I and just, she talks us through I a guided this but, is not me. But it can be it can be so stressful. Like, yeah, you know, it, it's very usual for a six year old to tell me to fuck off. So it can be really stressful. So it's so nice at the end of the day to us all just sit there and be like, we're trying to do a good thing and sometimes that can be really difficult. So don't take that home with you. Yeah. Take a moment to chill. But during this mindfulness meetings, I've been getting really bad wind. 
Just in those meetings? It or? just seems... Do you know, like, it's like when, when you're not allowed to laugh in a class, oh. that's when you most want to laugh. So when you can't fart. So when I'm not allowed to fart... They I, you know it. I hate that word. I'm going to say wind. Don't say... I'm not going to say pop off. But you, you've just said it now. Sorry, but I, I don't... I And as God's soon sake. as I hear that gong go, all I can think... She plays a gong at the beginning oh, I of you the... you went your bum. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I hear the gong. That's a massive symbol. It's a, it's a, a timber. Um, I thought that they do gong therapy, don't they? Yeah, it's gong really therapy. good. Yeah. Like, but as soon as I hear that gong, it's like it's like it reverberates inside me, and it's like release. Maybe like, it does. Maybe it actually, maybe it's one of those sounds you know that resonant. There's supposed to be like a note that if you hear it, it makes you just poo yourself. Really? Yeah, supposedly. Well, I must be listening to that all day. Yeah, maybe day. you're just walking around with it in your ears, but. <laughs> So I'm constantly, I am finding these meetings really relaxing, but all I can think about is that I'm going to pass wind and that there's no children there for me to blame it on. Yeah. As I often do. Because kids are are great. Oh, I'll just look at them and be like, little Timmy, did you have an accident? And and he'll be like, no, I'm like, that's okay if you don't want to admit it. Don't worry, he's just had a bit bit of wind. Yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. So that's, yeah, but... As a result of these things and talking to some friends, I signed up for um, anxiety counselling this week. Fantastic. So I'm. they said they're going to get back to me next week to start some sessions. And just loads of friends that have done it, they said it was just really nice to just go and speak to someone. I think you, when you think about therapy, you think you have to be at the worst place that, and that's why you would seek therapy. When actually a lot of friends have just said they just find it really, really helpful in day-to-day life to just go and speak to somebody. Yeah, and particularly in the climate that we live in, everyone is anxious and I think everybody struggles with that to, to some extent. And yeah. as you say, some people would have to think, oh, well, X is worse than I am, so I don't need it if they're not having it. But actually it's a spectrum, isn't it? And you'll experience it. I don't think I'll be telling her about my wind, though. Permission to discuss condition. This week, our focus is on male body image and mental health, and our wonderful guest we have joining us today is James Conlon. When finding out about James, we initially read his name as James Colon, uh, and I tried to send an email, actually, to a James Colon. Didn't go through. (laughs) Uh, We we thought it was hilarious, but then we found out that he did actually change his surname on social media to Colon to raise IBD awareness and funds for Crohn's and Colitis UK. James was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2012 after having been diagnosed with depression only 18 months prior. Since then, he has featured on Loose Women's Campaign for Men, My Body, My Story. He won the Alex Domain Lifetime Awareness Award for his fundraising efforts for Crohn's and Colitis and continuously posts honest pictures online of his journey with weight gain and weight loss as he stresses just how much body image and representation can affect one's mental health. Welcome, James. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're all right. We're okay, I I think. I think we're in a bit of, uh, we're a bit hungover. Apparently, James, you're a bit hungover as well. well. Yeah, too many espresso martinis. (gasps) Oh, lovely. And and that, that, after you have that, the sleep is hard as well. You feel very tired. I mean, didn't get much sleep at all. I think I had about five and I'm like, I was absolutely wired. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And how is your bum and your tummy, James? Uh, it's okay. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I've had like a bit of like, a bit of pain, but I think I'm due my infusion next week. And I always get, I don't know if you guys, when you're on medication and you know it's coming up to like having your medication, like I just get this like, 
constant like I'm so tired and I know that I need it as well so I feel like there's a lot of that going on at the minute but it's like it's happening in like three days time so it's all good and what does that involve your infusion um so I'm on a medication called Vidalizumab and um it's probably about an hour and a half like just going into hospital and having it like through an IV drip really um and it's, I think I've been on it for about three years now. And for me, it's just like, it just becomes part of your life, doesn't it? When you when you have an illness, you literally just, you get used to it. Yeah. How often do you have to do that? It's every eight weeks, which to be honest, is quite good because um, some medications can be like every week, yeah. every four weeks. So I feel quite lucky that it is only every two months. Yeah. And does it work well for you? You're getting on with it? This is, so coming up to three years in about a month's time, and this is probably, I've had ulcerative colitis for nine years, and this is probably the the most well I've felt in terms of like how my bowel is, which nine years ago, if you'd have said like, yeah, you're going to feel okay, I would have been like, you're joking. So. So, so how was that initially when you first became ill or unwell what were your symptoms and how how long was your diagnosis process it was so weird um I I was on a holiday with my family and it just sort of you know when like something like hits you out of nowhere and you don't know what's going on so I was in my early 20s I hadn't turned 21 yet it was my granddad's birthday we'd all gone abroad and sharing a room with my parents (laughs) which you know is always fun when you go on holiday (laughs) especially when you're unwell as well and it was just honestly constant like I couldn't get off the toilet and it sounds so grim but even when I'd got off the toilet I was still bleeding oh Oh my gosh like I think in your 20s when you're bleeding and you can't get off the toilet my first thought was never um Crohn's or colitis I was a little bit like shocked because I was like I don't really know what's going on here and I sort of in denial a little bit because I I couldn't eat every time I was eating (laughs) I was going straight to the toilet honestly it was just the weirdest time and my weight like drastically just kept falling off because I wasn't really wasn't eating anything because I was too scared to because I was constantly going to the toilet when it's bad it can be really bad and that's that's probably the most frustrating thing, really. But in terms of diagnosis, when I came home, I did go to the doctors. Like, I was pushed a little bit by my mum and my sister because my sister turned around and she was like, you don't know what it could be. Yeah. And when you're bleeding, one of the main signs of, like, cancer in the battle can be blood. So you just don't know. And I think if anybody says to you that you're unwell or you feel unwell or that there's something wrong with you, you're almost you have to take a step back, don't you? I was scared to start off with because you just, you don't know what's going on. But when I went to see my doctor, one of the common things when you're diagnosed with IBD is a GP will misdiagnose it as IBS. Yeah. Symptoms can be similar, but they're also completely different. And I've got a lot of that at the start. I spoke about it a few times before, but the most annoying thing for me going through that diagnosis process at the start was my GP actually asked me about um, my sexual activity. Okay. So obviously there's no secret that I'm bisexual. It's all over my Instagram. But he like he was just asking basically if I'd had like anal sex. And I was like, 
That's not the reason I'm bleeding out of my bottom. That's, that's not the reason I've lost two stone in two weeks. You <laughs> know what I mean? What, how like, much sex would you have to be having to lose two stones? That kind of thing is incredibly patronising as well. I think such a, a common theme is is people know their own bodies and you know when something's yeah. not right. Especially as you say, if your sister said, you know, you're, you're not well. When you hear it from an outside source, somebody telling you, you're like, oh, fuck, actually, yeah, you're witnessing this. And you're there not in denial about it in maybe the same way that also you like you said you've been on holiday wasn't didn't you say it was celebrating your granddad's birthday yeah can you imagine what kind of holiday were you on sharing a room with your parents yeah jesus it definitely wasn't 18 to 30 so (laughs) we're not judging if that's the age you like games (laughs) (laughs) shop in the oap section (laughs) during that that process how was it then narrowed down to ulcerative colitis I feel quite lucky because when I do hear a lot of people's stories about them being diagnosed, it takes a long time. Mine only took a couple of months, but the process is still not a very nice one. Yeah, of course. You have to have a camera shoved up your bottom, which when you're flaring and you're bleeding out of your bum. Oh, God. When you when you explain it to someone, they're like, you are. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. That's the only way to really diagnose something like that because yeah. you can't see inside without it. But I'll, I'll always remember when I was told what it was, I was just like, I'd, <laughs> I'd heard of Crohn's, but I didn't know anybody that had got Crohn's. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of ulcerative colitis. And I was like, what is going on? And when you've had that sort of news, sometimes, like, I think my first question, like, was, am I going to die? Mm, of course. When something like that happens and you're sat there being told that you've got this illness that is incurable at the moment, it's almost like you're tuning out to what whatever else is going on because it's almost like someone drops a bomb and then they're like, oh, no, go away and deal with this news. I'd always found that, like, probably the hardest part. If you hadn't yet turned 21 and somebody's telling you that you've got something that's incurable, as a 20, 20, 21-year-old, you're like, oh, my God, like, what, what, as you say, what does that mean for my long-term health? And even if, you know, it's not, if I'm not going to die, this is something I'm going to have to live with for possibly 70 years like how what is my life gonna look like I think as well as I think you're saying that this was maybe nine years ago I I hadn't heard of ulcerative colitis no. and I think I'd briefly heard a bit about Crohn's exactly like you said mm. and if somebody had just told me I'd be like well what the fuck is that yeah you're gonna need to give me more information on this I almost feel like like and I think it still happens now. Well, obviously, like nine years down the line, but you almost get handed like a fact sheet about what the illness is from a charity, not the NHS as well. I'm really lucky that I had a family to support me through it. Like, I don't know if I'd have coped as well if it was me there by myself. Like, my mum, there was a time where I was unwell that she would come to my appointments with me because she was seeing what was going on. And you can sit there and explain to somebody, but if somebody else is saying that, then there's more of a reality to it, isn't there? And um, how did it affect your mental health at the time? This is this is so much to go through in such a short space of time and at such a young age. It is like that drop in the bomb effect, and then you've got to you've got to think about it and process it. And for the first eighteen months to maybe two years, I was. Like, I completely cut myself off. Like, I was still working full-time, like, but it almost made me a social recluse because I was like, you're so scared to do anything because how can you plan where the toilets are? Like, if you're going somewhere, do you know where the toilets are? 
what if you have an accident? Like all of these things end up consuming you and you're like, well, I may as well not go outside. So many people have, have said it's, it's, it's just easier sometimes just be like I, I just can't do it I just can't do it I need to stay at home because I don't know what exactly as you're saying I don't know where the closest toilet is or if I can't go somewhere I've not been before because I I know where the toilets are in the slug and lettuce but I don't know where they are at X's house or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is it's and I think just just it's sometimes easier to remove yourself from that and be like well I'll just be at home because I'm near a toilet then but the knock-on social effects of that pretty devastating actually at that age as well you should be going out enjoying yourself meeting new people getting your belt stuck in the toilets and arena and yeah, flooding the that's toilets what it's all about guys <laughs> flooding toilets. you're missing out if you haven't got your belt stuck in the toilet <laughs> i almost feel like it was not taken away from me because like it it could have happened either way but that time was like could have been a crucial time socially Mm-hmm. Yeah, it devastates you a little bit because, like you say, we like it's easier to stay at home. You don't want to do anything because you're more anxious about everything. It's hard to talk to people about, especially when you come into terms with it as well. Like, how do you explain it? And when you're always the one that's like cancelling plans. And how long did that last? Do you feel like you've got to a point now, almost kind of where you feel like you're making up for lost time, so you get to be more social, obviously, pandemic aside, or, or did that continue for, for quite a long time? Until I was somewhere where I felt well enough, it did carry on for a little bit. And I hold my hands up and say that sometimes I would just, I would just not go somewhere because I was too tired or I'd really want to go but you don't want to go to Pop World and be like in and out of the toilet all the time. Like when the Backstreet Boys is playing, you want to be on the dance floor. Of course you do. Fucking <laughs> yes. What's the point in being like in and out of the toilet? Like it's a carousel, like nightclub okay. toilets. Yeah. I mean, trying to sell you cologne. There's always someone trying to sell you a lollipop. Banging if you're on going the door. back in and out. Oh, stressful. No, thank yeah, you. Definitely you. don't want to be doing that. When did you start talking to people? people about it because you know we want to talk to you about things like your loose women campaign or your fundraising so where, where did you get to this point where you were suddenly fundraising or speaking so openly about having ulcerative colitis I think it took me about maybe two years to sort of like come to terms with it yourself and because I didn't really know anybody in my immediate circle that had what I had it was almost like where do you meet people that <laughs> have the same thing as you. I joined quite a few support groups online to just, you know, I just wanted to talk to somebody who knew what I was going through. I have quite a few friends now from me talking about poo, basically. I would have not known those people had I not have been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So like, it's every cloud, isn't it? I started becoming more confident to talk about it and just be more open. And I'm one of those people that are like, I will talk about things because it's the most cathartic way for me to deal with it. Like I can't, not very good at journaling. My handwriting's awful. My way of dealing with it is talking about it. The braver I got talking about it, it just sort of made me more passionate to want to raise awareness really, just so people knew what it was like and what, many people go through so you featured on loose women's campaign for men called uh, my body my story um what what was that experience like and what did it involve i don't know if you guys saw it when they like the loose women all posed in their like bikinis and it was a really good campaign and still now like when you look at 
body image and there's so much going on at the moment around chronic illness and disability with huge brands that would have never done it before and I just remember seeing that and I was inspired because I almost think like people are brave enough to like show their like stomach like everything like they'll bear all won't they and quite a lot of celebrity men did it um afterwards I think it was like Dr Rand, Robbie Savage like all of those um and I just thought you know what I'm just gonna like post a photo on Twitter let's tag them we'll see and I was um I was at work (laughs) and I just remember my sister texting me being like I've just seen your your picture on Loose Women and I was like (gasps) You know, when you're like, I'm like, send, rewind it and send me a photo. Record it in five different tapes. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Like, it's just me stood there in my boxes. Like, I haven't had any operations. I don't have any scars. It was just me. I think I put on the tweet, like, I live with, like, ulcerative colitis. Something about appreciating my body. I can't remember the exact words. They posted that. And I was just sort of like, it's something as simple as that. Like, even if it didn't get shown on the TV, like if someone saw it and they were like, I don't know what that is, then it raises awareness, doesn't it? I think sometimes just seeing pictures of somebody, you know, in their underwear or swim or whatever it is saying, I've got this. You're like, oh, I would never have known that about you. And it kind of just, it sounds really silly, but it just lands and you're like, oh, somebody who has a body like that might also be going through, you know, something else. It's And it is brave to do it. Like as yeah. empowering as it is, it can be once you've done it. When you're when you've put something out into the Twitter sphere or into the atmosphere, whatever, yeah. when you are waiting to see could people can be horrible online and you don't know how these things are gonna go. So it's it's incredibly brave and it obviously has has paid off and you then have continued you know we saw that you, so you've been calling out um brands like river island or top man saying that we should see more men more um you know accessible images can you tell yeah. us a bit about that and how, how you feel about those things my frustration is so like with an illness and even without an illness like i've been so many different sizes when i've been really ill and i've lost loads of weight then i've been like a smaller and medium but then like i can wear like a 2XL. I just feel like there is so many high street brands with men that just don't accommodate for a guy that's bigger. ASOS do quite well. Boohoo Man. I mean, if you go on the Boohoo Women's website, there is like 10 times more range than there is for a man. There's always plus size sections as well, which I know you'll get, but for men, it's called like big and tall. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Like, I am not tall. Like, why does it have to be called big? Yeah, exactly. So do you, do you find it is very different for men in, in representation on, on social media or in fashion magazines? If you pick up a men's health magazine, you're not going to see a chubby guy on the front. I don't think I ever have. There's not enough representation of just like a normal man. It's abs or look at my gym workout and all of these sort of things. And it annoys me so much because whilst women's brands do it so well and there's still... Like, there's still some that have so far to come. For men, it's almost like there is no diversity. I suppose that's why I just decided to put an Instagram picture out and just be like, can we just make it a little bit more accessible, please? On top of that, that pressure for for men to be, you know, hench or doing their fucking workouts, all that bollocks. On top of having a chronic illness, you're like look babe I'm just getting by like I I, my focus is that I am in good health I'm not going to be focusing on getting these abs do you think 
a pr- there is a pressure on on top of that because you've got a chronic illness to remain in in good health in a in a different way to somebody who hasn't got a chronic illness. I think so, and I almost think like the societal pressure of just looking a certain way. That's what I find really hard, like with being a man, because if you do not go to the gym or you don't do weights, I mean, I'm I'm just too lazy. I'll go for a walk. That's the amount of exercise I get. What was it then? Sarah Pascoe referred to guys that go to the gym as having big arms and sad eyes. (laughs) 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 Also, James, you were awarded the incredible Alex Domain Lifetime Awareness Award for your fundraising efforts. Um, What what fundraising did you do? So when I first started talking about just living with ulcerative colitis, I set up a Facebook group. Just I always say it selfishly just because... Like, I just wanted to meet some people who knew I was going through, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So then, selfish, Jesus. God, God. I know, but when I look back, it like, the reason was quite selfish. Like, it wasn't to, at the time, it wasn't to help other people. It was so I could meet people who knew what I was going through. I sort of just got more passionate about raising awareness and wanting to fundraise as well. Um, became more and more aware of the work Crohn's and Colitis UK were doing and just use the voice that I'd, I'd learnt to get to do something positive. And it just started out as like a bit of fun, really. It was never anything too too serious. And it just sort of snowballed from there. And did you get the social meets or, or the friends that you were hoping to get through that community as well? Yeah, which was really surprising because what I think when you, when you go, like we spoke earlier about that period of like not going out and not wanting to do anything like when you do meet those people whether it be online or not like it's still still a friendship and like when you meet them in person as well it's like they've always been part of your life which I think is really good I've got friends that I still speak to now that there's one guy who I know who is probably one of the first people I spoke to on a forum and we might only see each other once a year, but we still speak and it's like nine years down the line. I always just find it really important to just have somebody there really and like someone that can relate. Yeah, I think that's a massive point, having somebody that can relate because it's all it's great. Family can be supportive, but they're not actually going through or have gone through what you've been through. So it's just so nice to think sometimes to, I mean, I obviously have this with you, Claudia, just to be able to honestly say, do you know what? It's really fucking shit. I feel like this. And someone says, I understand. And you know that they do. And that can be very, very powerful. And also for all the fun stuff too, like sometimes you have to laugh about these things. And and also, if you if you text somebody something horrible, if they don't understand it, they'll come back with compassion, which is wonderful. But sometimes you need someone to come back with a bit of, oh yeah, me too. You know, I got stuck in the gym toilets, shit yeah. myself. Like, and you, we we find that that is so helpful. Actually, trying to smile through it rather no. than always looking into people's eyes who look like they feel so sorry for you. Oh, poor you. I'm, I don't want your pity. Just want you to. Like, no, that I have shit myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you just want to laugh about it. You don't You don't always want the pity because, like, like, I always used to get emotional about it because I'm a bit of a control freak anyway. But when you can't even, like, hold a bodily function in, you're like, what is my life? People can understand, but unless you have it, like, you just have to have that, that relationship, I think. And and on that thread of finding finding joy in these things, do you have any fun, embarrassing 
her tales stories for us. The only two times that really stick out for me, which is really annoying, is it happened once at work. I worked in retail. I'd recently got a promotion, literally just before I fell ill. My manager at the time thought I hated because I've moved to a different store and she was like, you don't like it here. She was like, you hate it, you hate it. You want to go back there? And I was like, no, I just can't stop going to the toilet. I was on the shop floor and could you imagine like being like every every day, like 10 times a day, someone being like, can I go to the toilet within the space of about two hours? And I'm like, I just can't help it. And she went on holiday and I think it was like the first time I'd, I'd just been left in charge. I knew in the morning before I left the house that I wasn't feeling very well. I'd pulled up on the car park and I almost knew that I was like, I was absolutely desperate. Like it was, it was like turtle heading that bad. Long story short, I'd opened the shutter to get into the store and it was, it was quite a long store. So I'd walked to like the door to get into the office area, which had a like one of those locks that you have to like act, like put a code in. Oh, there's no time. <laughs> there was no time. And I didn't even get to the toilet before I absolutely just exploded. That's the only way I can describe it. And it's it's grim, but I literally then had to just clear myself up and carry on my day didn't go hard it sounds grim because if I, I feel like people are like oh he's just walking around with shit in his pants i i definitely cleared myself up i just didn't go home oh. <laughs> it's the first time i've met the certain member of staff that i was on with oh no i had to text her before she started and ask her to go to primark to buy me some boxes because i didn't have any spare Oh. Could you imagine getting that text? I was like, I'm so sorry to do this and I will give you the money back, but I really need some boxes. Did you then put like a little turtle emoji and just being like... This no, no, no. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a little bit too far. <laughs> I look back and I'm just like, I can't help but laugh about it because it's just the, the most annoying situations. Yes. Stuff like that happens. It's never like, it's never like, oh, I'm at home and I've like pooed myself where you can just jump in the shower. It has to be somewhere that's like far away from home oh, of course and do you know what the thing is is that is terrible until you share it and then it's an anecdote and it's a story it's yeah. it's really tragic when you're just in the moment you're miserable you're on your own and nobody knows and then years later you tell it as a story and you know hopefully people will feel less bad about when they've done it at work i've shit myself at work in the workplace i feel like is often maybe maybe workplace or dates i feel like that might be worse i don't know yeah, it's hard though when you're really trying to keep it together professionally. Like, I feel like at least on a date, you could say, Look, I'm having a bad time. And whereas yeah. sometimes professionally, you're like, that's, They're like, Oh, can I just grab you for something? They start talking, you're like, oh, Yeah, I'm just, I need to go to the toilet oh, now. God. And you're like, It's too late. I've shit myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that with any dating stuff, James, having to explain to people your scenario? I think because I'm quite open about it. Whenever I'm speaking to someone on a more than friends level, it's quite evident that I do have an illness because you can just scroll through a couple of pictures on my Instagram and find out like what I'm talking about. So I almost find that I don't have to have that conversation. I don't really use Tinder that much anymore. Still single, if anybody's listening. I'm joking. It's fine. Um, (laughs) But... I almost find that I just get it out of the way for a while. I did put it in my Tinder bio and I was just like, let's just literally cut the crap and just 
I'm just going to mention it straight away because I can't be bothered to down the line when I've dated someone for like a couple of months, then have to complain about being unwell and without being rude, some people can't handle that. It takes someone quite strong to be able to be able to deal with that as well. Um, so we've spoken a lot about your um incredible Instagram page and all your sort of honest and open posts. How can people find you on social media? Who how do they follow you? It's James Conlon and the number two um on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, and it's James Conlon underscore. Also on Facebook, if you just search me as well. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. James, you're a star. Thank you for having me. We'll send you an espresso martini in the post. (laughs) (laughs) That's just going to look like we've sent him like diarrhea. Yeah, okay, maybe we won't. In like in one of those bottles you get when you need to give your own samples. But here's your espresso martini. (laughs) Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. So this is the part of the show where we read out a listener's toad tale or some bladinage. Uh, Claudinio. Why have I put that in the notes? <laughs> I did just notice. You do sometimes call me Claudinio. Yeah. I quite like Claudinio it. Claudinio Cambolio. One of the kids at school calls me Cordilla. Nice name. And he's like, Cordilla. And, like, and I, really, I really enjoy that. <laughs> that so, is who I am. Cordilla, mm. what is our toad tale of the week? Okay, let's have a butcher, shall yeah, we? Do have a toad tale? We do. Mm. Well, it seems to be a bladenage story. Oh, a bladenage story. We're having a couple of these. I haven't read this yet, so I'm actually quite excited to do this just, just you know, off the cuff. Off the hoof. Here we go. Great. Well, here we go. My friend was on break from a six-month European tour and we were having drinks in Central catching up. Central London, for those listeners Central outside. Central I'm just always thinking about the everyman. Yeah, anyway, very good. Sorry. Having been out the night before as well, I didn't drink much. It's important to note that all of this story happens while I was completely sober. Around 11pm, we said our goodbyes and I made my way back home to... Is that Lufton? Lufton. Where's that? At East. Lufton. I think it's like basically Essex. Okay, fine. When I, get to the sta- when I got to the station, I realised the next bus wouldn't be around for another 15 minutes, so I decided to walk. The walk is barely 20 minutes, and it was a nice night, so I didn't mind. I'd walked about five minutes when I realised I needed to pee. Not badly, so I kept walking. I'm still mad at myself because Loughton Station's bathrooms are actually really nice, and I could have walked back. I kept walking, and the urge got worse and worse. Within a matter of minutes, I began to panic. I passed the big cricket pitch with a fence and massive bushes I could go behind, but I said, I can make it. I walked a bit more and passed a dark alleyway where I couldn't be seen and again said, I can make it. I could finally see my flat in the distance, but that's where more shops and more lights are and I knew there wasn't going to be any other dark place to hide until I got home. The urge became unbearable and I started to run, squeezing my legs together in the process. Probably looked like a rushed penguin. I knew I couldn't make it inside, so I prayed that I'd make it into our building's bin store. At least I could be hidden in there. I kept saying the lock combination in my head over and over again, 1938Y, 1938Y. But right as I got to the door, it just happened and it couldn't be stopped. I froze as the pee soaked my jeans. I was so shocked I didn't take off my shoes and they were ruined. I still think that my trainers were the greatest loss of the night. Piss-soaked, I ran to my flat, hoping no one would come out and see the pee footprints I was leaving behind. 
Inside, my husband and our cat were sound asleep, unaware of my humiliation. That night was January 2nd, 2020. It should have been a big hint as to how this year was going to go. Well done on the podcast, ladies. I'm glad there are people out there that share my love of funny shit, pun intended. Oh, do you know what? That's, that's very similar to what James was saying about trying to get the code at work. Yeah. And it's like when you've got to type in numbers and like your whole hand starts shakes and you start filming like you're in a, a horrible, horrible horror film that's bad and oh, you just can't get there And you want time. to put yourself in the best possible position. Oh, oh God. God. And it, like, like fingers start shaking. Your vision starts going a bit funny. And you're like, this is the code. It's not working. I've put in the correct code. And sometimes I get it wrong because again, the acrylic nails, I can't push the buttons all the way in. <sighs> But they just look so boss. They do look lovely. Thanks so much. It does make me laugh about the whole, you know, 2020. It's like I said with my um uh my my cyst story that that was the day Donald Trump became president. And like I knew, I just knew as soon as I felt that 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 those two things were linked. We never um heard about the end of the cyst, did we? Because oh, my dad said he's never been more invested in hearing about a labial cyst and he wants to know what happened next. I love that it's your dad that wants to know what happened next. Oh, so it's quite the tale. So for those of you that maybe haven't listened to that episode, shame on you. Um or you don't remember. But I I had um been wearing very tight uh flares and tight pants to my sister's graduation and it meant that i'd i don't even know how to describe it i'm still not sure to this day what it was Mm. but it was like a little like a cyst like a bump like almost like a massive spot well yeah a cyst probably yeah like on on my labia majora the left the left labia majora rest in peace um and well it's never been the same it's basically yeah Yeah. what it was has died (laughs) So, a new, like a phoenix from the flames, a new one has risen. (laughs) I call her Forks, like the phoenix from Harry Potter. And the other side is called... I thought that was a joke to like Forks, doesn't she? She fucks. Oh, no, I call her Forks and I call the other one um, Dudley. Like Dudley Dursley. Lovely. Yeah. Because it's a bit chunkier and a bit bossy. Imagine having a bossy labia. Right, we need to know what anyway, this is. So, yes. So, I basically, the story was that, I, that I'd gone to, to the doctors and they had to go look at it and investigate. Anyway, so the doctor had told me that if I got home and got in a hot um, salt water bath, that that would help, like, keep it, not get infected. And it should then eventually, um, you know, start to kind of go down a bit. He very clearly said to me, do not pop it. So now that obviously means I feel thing. like the world is divided into two people you're either a popper or you're a grossy outer person no, I'm, I'm a popper if I see a spot I wish to pop it I don't care who you are I don't care if I don't know you I want to pop it well, come over and just invite myself I can't bear it when people and I've been you know I've gone gotten home and seen that I have a white head on my face and, and I don't like, know how oh. people have spoken to me because I cannot physically speak to people if there, if there's a big white head on their face I'm like well, how have you not popped that how have you not yeah I, I'm I'm obsessed with watching Dr. Dr. Pimple, Pimple Popper, Popper. Yeah. Sandra Lee what a babe I'm absolutely obsessed with it and exactly the same as you there was a girl I I went to drama school with and she refused to squeeze her spot. She yep. was quite open about it. She was like, I just don't want the scarring. I need to let it go Because it's not good for you. I'm like, mate. No, of course it's not. No. But she'd have white, white heads. And yeah. I'd be like, it's it's so ready and yeah. it's going to be so satisfying. Yeah. I've brought cotton wool in. 
will you let me? My boyfriend had one on the back of his neck once and he wouldn't let me do it. So I waited till he fell asleep. He's going to wake up, surely. He didn't. What? I waited. I literally, it was like three o'clock in the morning. I kind of stirred you to go to the toilet and then I remembered that it was there and I kind of nudged him. He was out. So I got my little torch phone and I popped it. And then the next morning he was like, oh, my spot's oh, yeah, I bet. And I was like, yeah, I bet it is it. because I'm your friend and I will help you. Anyway, so he'd said don't pop it. So I'd had this bath and I came out and it, it had started to get like almost like a little white head on it. If, come on. And I was like, I want to pop this. Also because it was very uncomfortable. It kept rubbing against my pants. I was actually finding it difficult to walk. Like I wanted it to go away. So I kind of got like um like a clean cloth and started kind of pushing against it, trying to see if I could kind of, you know, but if you get like a sty in your eye, you're trying to kind mm. of almost like push it out. And so I had it, I was holding it because it was a like it was a lump like and mm. i had it in between my forefinger and, and my thumb this no this time i'd gotten down to the i'd sat on my bed so i sat on my bed with it in between my finger my forefinger and my thumb pushing it out until suddenly my thumb and my finger were touching yeah. because it had burst but it had burst open almost to reveal like a portal like to another time <laughs> you could have gone inside like and I was freaking out because I was suddenly like, I've I fucked my vagina. Like, the because mafia. I now have a hole. The mafia has been broken down. The like, mafia. The mafia. <laughs> 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 and so I panicked. So I rang my boyfriend and he picked me and went, hello? And I was like, not these people. <laughs> <laughs> He's not coffee. Hello, hello. <laughs> Is that my girl? Oh, it's your boring chain on the phone, Sorry, guys. boys, it's just my bird calling. <laughs> and so he picked up and went, hi. And I went, I'm broken it i've got two vaginas i've got two holes what do i do i was screaming he'd put me on loudspeaker in the pub because <laughs> he didn't want to go outside and he was watching the rugby with all his friends and i shouted i've got two vaginas i'm sorry that must have been so satisfying when you squeeze the fingers are together oh Oh. It must have felt better almost instantly. It did, but I was very nervous about like keeping it clean because yeah, it was clean. a gaping hole. Like it was <sighs> a hole. I wouldn't be surprised if there was something like you know it. that was like I when I say it was a portal to another world because it almost looked magical. Oh, but like it did. like creatures could have come out of there. Oh, Claudia. we could have learned more about the world and how My it works because of what word. I don't know. But yeah, so I was very worried about keeping it clean. Um, until but i didn't want to go back to the doctors because then he'd know mm, that sally i went again. and sally would know that but i went that against could have her just word happened in the bath could it i reckon i full-on the... squeeze that shit Ew. anywho um, i'm really sorry that you pissed your pants in your flat <laughs> oh yeah that's what we were talking about <laughs> completely forgot sorry, uh, i hope just... you've got new trainers i got so invested in the uh in the cyst story my dad will be so pleased we've covered that now you're a um, sister Oh hey. hey! Like that a lot. Hello. But yeah, sorry about pissing yourself. It's all—it's so bad. Like when there's time pressure or the code, because I've we, we've got it on a gate before we go into our flat. It's that that sensation of just anxiety and desperation means you just fuck it up, and it's yeah. just oh, it's awful. So I'm very very sorry. But you know, at least there was just your husband and your cat. Yeah, the those cat's are two people care. that love you more than anything. The husband's locked into a contract. He can't leave you. Well, at least not in, until the decree nice eye comes through. Yeah. So, uh, or so the decree absolute. For a little bit. Decree absolute. I think that's the that's the final straw. Um, but yeah, so you're at least fine until 
probably now. And he wouldn't want to admit that's why he left you anyway, so he wouldn't come back up. No, I don't think so. So sorry about that. But, you know, lots of people have done it. It's fine. It's totally fine. fucking 2020... I think if we go into another lockdown, I'll, I just won't even bother going to the toilet. I'll just piss myself on yeah, the sofa. Yeah, what's the what's point the anymore? Point? Everything's gone to crap. What's the fucking point? No. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. If you've got any other stories, please do email us in on thepoodcastofficial at gmail.com. Uh, and please send... And, and just anything, any comments, really. Yeah, we like reading them. We don't have much else going on, so please. Very little, Entertain actually. us. And please do uh, review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. It makes such a difference and we're so grateful to those of you that have done it so thank you because we want to keep doing this we really do we're enjoying we're it having a nice time so we are we're all hung over we're all hung over we're all gonna cry so please to get us through it please set, just fucking review it guys i've said it time and time again <laughs> i don't know what it's good although i did learn what? you can't um rate you can't star it on spotify I don't care. I googled it. So unless people are listening on Apple Podcasts, they can't. So please, if well, you're listening on Apple, you even more need to review and rate 59% and subscribe. 59% of you as well. Yeah, we checked to the, the stats. stats. Yeah. Um, and also, <sighs> we do have um, we have a guest blog on uh, Gut It Out. It's yes. amazing American. Um, <laughs> you were going to say it's amazing. Like what we've written is amazing. But what we've written is incredible i mean it is it will change your life um but do check gut it out as well they do fantastic things um and yes please please continue with with all your support i think this is getting the a bit quality depressing of now. this has got very poor. yeah i feel like we'll just say bye now okay thanks for fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell right that's it okay I've, I've had it i've absolutely had it <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Good. Bye. Bye.